Welcome to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2 and today looking at Peter's sermon at Pentecost and last week we looked at the coming of the Holy Spirit which I'll just read through briefly then we'll get on to Peter's sermon. So when the day of Pentecost arrived, this is Acts chapter 2, they were all together in one place and suddenly they came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now they were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews devout men from every nation under heaven and at this sound the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language and they were amazed and astonished saying are not all these who are speaking Galileans and how is it that we hear each of us in his own native tongue Parthians Medes Elamites residents of Mesopotamia Judea Cappadocia Pontus and Asia Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own languages the mighty works of God and all were amazed and perplexed saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocked and said they are filled with new wine. And so that is the context we've had the holy spirit poured out the promise of the father and peter who's been restored steps up so verse 14 but peter standing with the eleven lifted up his voice and addressed them men of judea and all who dwell in jerusalem let this be known to you and give ear to my words for these people are not drunk as you suppose since it is only the third hour of the day but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel and in the last days it shall be God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams even on my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy and I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and vapor of smoke the Sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes the great and magnificent day and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved so the birthday of the early church has just happened the promise of the father the holy spirit has just been poured out spectacularly on all who were there basically there was a very large prayer meeting and everyone there received the holy spirit and this then pours out into the streets and there were tongues of fire everyone was filled with the holy spirit and they began to speak in tongues themselves and what happens next well lots of questions are not all these speaking Galileans they asked how is it that we each speak or hear in our native tongue 
we hear them telling in our own language the mighty works of God. And some people asked, what does it mean? That's the main question, what does this all mean? Some people mocked, they filled with new wine. And there's also astonishment and amazement. So what happens next after all this? Peter, now restored to his post, as we've heard before through the Gospel of John, you have to go back to some of our earlier series to catch up on this. He stands up and the first gospel sermon of the early church is preached. And his sermon responds to the questions that have been asked by the crowd and the onlookers. And this is really important. We as the church need to respond to questions people are actually asking. It's a really good challenge and a tip for those who, are, who do preaching at church. Are you responding to questions that the world is asking? So the outpouring happened in a public setting. This prayer meeting and this pouring out of the Spirit poured out into the street and it caused amazement, but also lots of questions. And this is what happens when the church goes out of its building. The world takes notice and they begin to ask questions. What does this mean? How do I get saved? Are these people drunk? The world has plenty of questions, not least when they come into the church family and they encounter the people of God for the first time. And we need to answer those questions, those doubts, those mysteries, those misunderstandings. And that's what Peter starts off with. He refutes the accusation of drunkenness. So in today's message, we're gonna look primarily at how Peter used the Old Testament, a prophecy from Joel, to explain and give authority and context to what has just happened, this remarkable day of Pentecost, and how he's going to respond to this question, what does this mean? And this answer still reverberates around the world to this very day, and it's one which we must continually answer to contemporary askers of the same question. This is one of the most significant sermons in the history of the church, was the very first one. It's the moment that Christ speaks into the world and ushers in an unparalleled age of the Spirit. And this is between Christ's ascension and his return, between his two earthly visits. So Peter, as part of a team, says he's one of the eleven, stands up and raises his voice. So we must preach. The social gospel is obviously important, but we must still preach. We must still teach. The good news needs to be told, explained, declared. So now that Peter is restored, his voice returns. And it is a new Peter that we get. It's a new Peter that we hear. He's a humbled Peter, a servant-hearted Peter, but also a spirit-filled Peter. He's no longer out just to impress, but instead to serve, serve in leading. Leading is primarily about serving, if you didn't know that already. So remember back in this time, there were no microphones, there were no amplifiers, there were no public speakers, um, just in the open air. 
and lots of noise like we have today lots of confusion maybe lots of people walking past yet God ordained such a setting for the church to be to be birthed and for the first sermon to be preached I wonder what would happen if we started preaching our sermons out in the open how many people would come and listen inquire what does this mean so into this Peter stands up though previously he had denied Jesus three times now he publicly confesses his relationship and his allegiance when the spirit falls the fear of men disappears Peter appeals to his fellow countrymen by identifying with the hearers and the inquirers he calls for their attention as one amongst them with a new authority that brings answers to an asking world lend me your ears he says hear my words amongst all the confusion we must bring, bring clarity as, as those who follow Christ we must bring understanding we must bring truth and leadership so first what Pentecost was not and this is Peter defending the event these men are not drunk as you suppose it is very early in the morning Peter says the stores are not even open so they are not even able to acquire alcohol so get that out of your mind this is something totally different and it is important to note that the the reason the question or the misunderstanding was made ie people accused the early church of being drunk was that something of extreme exuberance of fervor of excitement was obviously happening it wasn't a, a quiet group of people silently nodding their heads something was noticed something was seen something was heard something outside the normal happened and it was such an exciting and joyful and noisy event that it seemed like a party a drunken party and the church must definitely be a joyful gathering not a, a dull group which you don't want to be part of except this group of people was most definitely not drunk so what is Pentecost then we know what it isn't it isn't a group of people being drunk this is what it is this is that Peter says this is what Joel prophesied what you have seen is a fulfillment of an Old Testament prophecy there are no surprises in God's kingdom and he often warns his people of what he is going to do especially events as important or significant as the fulfillment of the promise of the Father the pouring out of the Holy Spirit this which you see and have experienced is that that's what Peter says you are living out the fulfillment of what was spoken of by Joel this is a distinct second outpouring of the Spirit or Spirit filling experience quite separate from when the early church when each individual was was first saved this is an outpouring and they are quite different the individuals are left in a very different state similar if someone was to be drenched with a hose pipe being sprayed down or caught in the rain something has happened you can feel it you are thoroughly wet say same here these people are totally they've experienced something totally different they're all wet with the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth he convinces us that we are the children of God the Holy Spirit 
is very experiential. There's no doubt remaining when he comes to town. So let's look at the prophecy. Peter highlights this prophecy and actually crystallizes it in terms of the timing. So Joel had said in the original prophecy afterwards, Peter says in the last days. So Peter brings this right to, to that point in time and says this is the last time, these are the last days. The coming of the Messiah has crystallized this event. These are the last days and Peter announces what has just happened. God declares. And this is the authority of the prophetic office, speaking to the nation, declaring God's very words to that generation. And the strength and the evidence of a prophet's office was that God was behind them and God would vindicate them and what they prophesied came to pass. And so Joel is a prophet because what he prophesied has come to pass. Often way into the future these prophecies are fulfilled beyond even the lifetime of the prophets. A prophet receives vindication from God himself who spans time itself. So what did God declare? I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. So who will do it? God will do it. In what measure? Poured out. A flood, a deluge, an absolute soaking, not a sprinkle or a trickle, an overwhelming self-evident flood, a felt and experienced event, no doubts. And so this talks of abundance, of overwhelming fullness. And that's what the Holy Spirit, when, he, when the Holy Spirit is poured out into someone's life, it carries a sense of fulfillment. There is a sense that this is unmistakably God. There's a finality about it. So when you get wet, you can't just take the water off. You're, you're wet. There's a sense that you can't be unwet. So who will receive this outpouring? It says all flesh, and that means all flesh. The availability of the Holy Spirit and His outpouring is for all of God's people. Yes, there are, of course there are conditions, spiritual conditions to become part of the family of God. There's a repentance required, there's a turning away from sin, and there's a confessing of that sin, and then there's an embracing and trusting in Christ. And that, and that begins what's called the new birth, being saved, being redeemed. And then you become a child of God when you turn in Christ to God and repent of your sin. And God purposes to pour himself into his children, into his people, in this most distinct and separate event from the new birth, seen here as an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So you get born again, and then there's this second experience of the Spirit where you are filled. So though this, this particular event at Pentecost is very singular and unrepeatable in its nature, in our own lives and in our, in our churches, the Holy Spirit is available for all time to be poured out by Jesus on his people. And so we must expect and long for and anticipate the Holy Spirit to be poured out. So there are no natural or social distinctions that now bar people from being baptized in the Spirit. You don't need to be a male or a female. You don't have to be old or young, you can be any age. You don't have to have a certain occupation, you don't have to be a church leader. Everyone is able to receive the Holy Spirit 
equally the baptism of the Holy Spirit is available to all. All who are in God's path will be engulfed by His Holy Spirit. So it says, your sons and daughters, your young men, your servants, young and old. So what will happen to these people? What happened then? They prophesied, they saw visions, it says in, in, in Joel's prophecy. They'll prophesy, they'll see visions, they'll have dreams. All will be over, overwhelmed, overcome as the Holy Spirit is poured into them and equipped to serve the body of Christ. No longer is there regard for hierarchy, so it's only for the leaders or only for the old. It's no longer for just the important. Sex is no longer a big deal. Slaves or free can receive the same spirit. And this is a radically different community. The, the spirit-filled church in this age of the spirit that Jesus ushered in after his ascension and the pouring out of his spirit is radically different. The pouring out of the Spirit is available to all. So what is prophecy? What are visions? What are dreams? In essence, it is God speaking through His people, revealing Himself, His plans, His purposes through His people and to His people, and also more widely to the nations. In one sense, the people of God are a prophetic people. They are declaring by mere existence that God rules and reigns. But in a more specific way, God will put individual promptings into his people who will need to declare them like Joel did. A truly prophetic people embraces all that God is doing by his Spirit in the church and through the church. It is an absolute scandal that any one of God's people can receive the Holy Spirit. Like who are you and I that we should have such a remarkable gift that God would put himself in each one of us and that he would empower us with his presence whereas previously in the Old Testament the Spirit was reserved for only a few individuals now anyone can receive the Holy Spirit and such is the power of the forgiveness Jesus provided the acceptance we have now in Christ who is our righteousness all that is Christ's is ours the Holy Spirit is the deposit or evidence of our acceptance by God into God's people and to his purposes. In God's eyes, the young are no less important than the old. Women are just as included as men in the people of God. And this is revolutionary, not only in society and the society of that day, but even today. We need to see that in the church. What else does Joel say? Wonders in heaven, above, signs in the earth below blood fire vapor smoke sun turns into darkness moon into blood before the day of the lord comes the great and magnificent day so in joel's original prophecy these cataclysmic events are given as a foretaste of the judgments to come and in his book he talks about a plague of locusts pointing to the eventual fulfillment of that judgment which is the end of all time when Jesus returns. So here is a commission to the people of God to be equipped, so dreams, visions, to equip the, the body of Christ to fulfill the great commission ahead of Jesus' return. The fact that Joel is referring to the end of all times, the end of the ages when Jesus will return, should hasten our anticipation for what God is doing. There is a great opportunity for gospel advance like never before in this 
end age or this age of the spirit previously God had worked mostly through a very small nation the Jewish nation but from this point when the spirit is poured out on all people and all flesh everyone is involved in the Great Commission all the way until the end of time he will work through his global body the church through the local church which you and I are members of as each individual is filled with the spirit so for what purpose it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved so the Holy Spirit is poured out to empower the church to strengthen the church to convince the church that she belongs to God so that salvation can be poured out that all who call on the Lord shall be saved so this is a great trumpet call that all would be gathered to God who would call on him those who are sent and empowered by the Spirit would be involved in the greatest move of God culminating in the return of Jesus to gather his people to God and into heaven the gospel will be preached into all the world and a praying response will will be to come to God and be saved all those who call on the Lord there's a praying response a great harvest will be harvested so have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit if not call out to God even right now to fill you with his Holy Spirit has your church experienced the fullness of the ministry of the Holy Spirit poured out on all does your church welcome and embrace the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit if you have not yet called on Jesus to forgive your sins and save you now is an opportunity just in your own words cry out to Jesus that he would forgive your sin that you would be able to repent and that he would embrace you and you'll become a child of God and that you would follow him and obey his commands for the rest of your life so Lord would you fill us as you've promised all of us with your Holy Spirit would we overflow would you overpower us would you overwhelm us would you overcome us by your Holy Spirit amen